Welcome to Your Wealth Conscience Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Stavropoulos. The podcast where we take a practical approach to financial decision-making. Today, I have my guest, Janine Yule, a mortgage agent, and we are going to be talking about debts, mortgages, interest rates, given we are at all-time lows, and some some tips and uh, you know things to think about on uh, how we get ourselves in control and uh, on our way to building that wealth. Janine is a mortgage broker, sorry, mortgage agent. We were just speaking about that. She might become a broker. We don't know. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we we hit it off well because you helped me with my mortgage not too long ago. And uh, we had a great conversation. And, uh, you know, I wanted to bring Janine on because I think we have a, we have a lot to uh, talk about today, especially with where we are in the environment, interest rates, and how we feel about debt in general. And uh, so let's get started. So Janine, tell us a little more about yourself. Who's Janine and how did you get into the mortgage side of things? Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for the very kind introduction. Um, who am I? Oh, gosh. So I am a married mom of four. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and a, I guess, I suppose now fairly long time mortgage agent. So um, in mortgages over a dozen years now. Uh, started my career right out of university. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at RBC initially. Uh, they were amazing, gave me an opportunity. Technically, it was even before I graduated. Okay. I, uh, I was um, newly engaged and, uh, you know, trying to get off on that right foot financially and yeah. then start that stable uh, adult life, I guess you could say, in my early 20s. Um, and then... So RBC, they gave me a shot. I was an account manager, which is basically when you walk into your branch, uh, there is, you know, you, you ask to sit with someone because you need either, uh, you need to either open a savings account or you need a new yeah. credit card or you want a mortgage, all yeah. of these things. Uh, I was kind of that jack of all trades. I was that, you know, first fresh face that you saw. Yeah. Uh, and, and we both share that in the beginning of yes. our finance years for sure. And yeah. it's funny. I, I actually find that's a really common trend, uh, yeah. a really common thread. I, I find a lot of my colleagues who are in mortgages started at the branch level in the banks. Um, and, and that was sort of what got them at least interested in that world. Uh, I don't know if I ever sat down one day and thought, oh my goodness, I think I want to be a mortgage agent. Um, but it just kind of snowballed. I, uh, so as I said, I started RBC. I, uh, I was there for 18 months or so when I found out I uh, was pregnant with our oldest, who is uh, our son. He is now 11 and almost 11 and a half. My goodness. Yeah. Early, early tween years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, uh, I still am at a loss. I don't know how I have a, a preteen at this yeah. point in my life. It just doesn't seem real, but we are where we are. And he's a great kid. Um, but uh, yeah, here I was, you know, early 20s, uh, newly married with a baby on the way and, uh, trying to understand, you know, what this next season of my life was going to look like. Uh, I had, um, I, I, I suppose I sort of a credit to where I am with my professional life to uh, a gentleman who was kind of a friend and it was actually just uh, someone we knew um, 
my husband and I knew mutually. Yeah. Uh, he was in mortgages. He was a mortgage agent and had been for a while. And he was, he was the birdie in my ear who just wouldn't stop. <laughs> he, uh, he would, you know, very regularly tell me that I shouldn't be going back to RBC when I was finished my maternity leave. He was like, just constantly kind of nudging. RBC, plug your ears. Yeah, <laughs> I love RBC. No, no, no hard feelings at all. It, it was a great place to start my career, yeah. but uh, his attitude was, you know, you, you should be in sales. You are meant to be in sales. You, um, you have that foundational knowledge, and, and there's mm-hmm. just so much more room for upward mobility um, with where you want to be. And I, and I just, you know, I shut him down so hard for so long. <laughs> I really did. He. Uh, he was this just constant, like every time I saw him. So, what, you know, have you signed up for the course yet? Like, what are, what are you doing? And I, and I put him off and I was like, like, Matt, this is crazy. I am, you know, I have a new baby. Um, we have a mortgage. We still got student loans. There was just, I, I couldn't see any scenario where that was the smart decision. Mm-hmm. But uh, lo and behold, I, I ended up, yeah, basically, you know, I had this little newborn at home who was very, very colicky for about the first six and a half months of his early life. But once we got over that hurdle, as per kind of usual, I got very bored. Um, Being at home and, you know, just... nap times like I didn't know what to do with myself mm-hmm. and and uh, I, I'm not very good at sitting still I never have been yeah and I think that's an important trait especially when you're 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 starting off in motherhood but you've got these ambitions and you've got these you know what drives you yes. I mean motherhood is fantastic and Best. and I see more and more that you know you've got the young moms or the ones that are entering into the workforce after years of focusing on motherhood that, but you know, there's always that, that desire to want to do more or know that you can offer something outside of that. Yes. Yeah. That was very much me. Um, and it's funny you say that. I remember, um, it was a great, really amazing woman who I've looked to, uh, she was really great friend for many, many years. Um, we've drifted slightly, but she still has had much influence in my life. And I remember her saying when she was a young mom and we were raising babies around the same time. And she, she actually worked at TD and she's been very, very successful. And she said to me, and I, and this is rung so true. And I've remembered this from that uh, conversation. She said, I'm a better mom for working. And I know that there are many, many different types of moms out there, if you even want to say that. I put that in the biggest air quotes of life because, you know, what works for one person is not going to work for everyone. Um, But she said that, and I remember thinking that is me. Like that is me in a nutshell. And it's, it's rung true without, without a shadow of a doubt as I've raised my kids and have many more years of raising my kids. But I am personally for me, I'm a better mom for working. I'm more organized. I'm more on top of it. I, I love to see their smiling faces at the end of the school day. And it's, it's, it's just, it gives me that, that balance that I need in my life. But anyway, so here I am, this baby that is finally sleeping through the night, sleeping through the night after what seemed like an absolute eternity, um, and I got just, I just got stir crazy at home. So I, uh, I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna just get the textbook and I'll study. Like yeah. it's, it's totally worthwhile for me to have this knowledge base. I can, yeah. you know, learn about mortgages, and then it'll be great for when I go back to RBC. So I devoured the textbook in like two or three days, and it was done. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I guess. There's no harm in getting the exam. Like, I'll, right. I'll go in, I'll take the exam and, and you know, just kind of see what happens. Took the exam, passed, because, well, I'll be honest, it is not a very challenging exam. Okay. 
Um, but uh, then, of course, Matt, my, I guess, quasi-mentor early on, he says, well, you have to have your license placed somewhere. Like, you actually have to, yeah. um, you know, you can't just have it stay. Like, use it or lose ex- it. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly use it. 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 <laughs> yes. yeah. And so um, he's like, you're just going to park it at my brokerage. And, you know, you don't have to do anything with it, but it, it has to go somewhere. And I'm like, okay, fine. Meanwhile, of course, in the background of all of this, life is still going on. And, you know, I had a few people who were wonderful friends and family who sought me out to mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we heard you're now a mortgage agent. Like, can you do our mortgage? And I was like, I don't know anything about this. Like, not really. I mean, I, I'd done a little bit at the bank, but it was really dabbling at best, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and so I was like, okay, I guess so. Uh, you know, never the people pleaser in me, obviously never wanting to no. say no. Uh, Anything is possible, Janine. Yes. Remember. Yes. That's the mantra of everyone. Anything is possible. And that's how it started. I, uh, you know, and it it kind of snowballed from there. So Mm -hmm. I've never really uh, made a conscious decision. Oh, I think I'm going to be a mortgage agent. It just sort of happened. And I wish I could say that that's, you know, it's not some super inspirational story. Like I woke up one morning and had this epiphany and wow, I'm going to do this with my life. It wasn't. Um, But what I can say is that by the time I was set to go back from that leave, I had already developed a successful enough client base that all of a sudden it was like, I can't imagine going back at this point. Right. And so here I am, this mom with a new babe at home, and I'm thinking, okay, this gives me the flexibility to continue to like work from home yeah. and have a little one. It gave me that balance to a degree, uh, and there was days that it was crazy. And then, you know, because it wasn't crazy enough, I decided to add three more children to the mix. Listen, when it works, it works. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty fortunate. They're they're great kids. I am super super blessed. Um, well, I think uh, there's a, there's an important piece there as well that your partner is equally supportive and yes. right. You guys, if you're to me, I find if you're long, if you're always on that same page and you know communication is there, you know you're very much building your own little household enterprise, right? Your own little empire within what you need to do from from the working perspective without a doubt yeah and and you know it's it's been a moving target like yep. and uh, I think my husband would echo that it's been you know our, our life has transformed as years have gone on and he he's he's got a, a very I've been very fortunate he's he's done very well and he's been highly successful and I'm allowed to yep. brag a little bit about him because you know he's my husband um but uh yeah he he and I the the, the dynamic I think that we have sort of I don't even want to say achieved because it is, as I said, such a moving target. Yeah. Uh, but um, I am I'm really fortunate to have a very supportive partner because, you know, early on it was, especially when we had four very young children. Like we had, um, my son is, as I said, eleven and a half, and our youngest daughter six. So we had okay. them all. I had four under five and a yeah. I had all four in under five and a half years. Which, hey, no, I love it. It's, it's great. It's the chaos I adore. Um, but, uh, but certainly if in those early years, I think there was, if I'm totally transparent about it, I think there was a a lot of transition that we went through in terms of just what our new house was going to look like. And well, it's always a growing experience. You got to kind of Take it as it comes, right? Definitely. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do is dig your heels in and be like, I need it this way. And when you're doing that, you're not acknowledging <laughs> what's going on around you. Definitely. Right? So, so being open and almost at a level of surrendering to just, okay, this is what it needs to be. We're just going to 
get through this hump and then look at what what's next right right yeah and yeah. and and I think in uh, for us having that partnership I think was really key yeah um and I as I said I'm, I'm very fortunate that yeah I've had a, a spouse who has you know supported me and been very gosh he's he's always been my greatest um cheerleader I guess you'd yeah. say he's, he's been very very willing to to try and help me and and assist me in excelling in my career which I'm really grateful for and I know you know that that's not always the situation so. yeah well I feel like that's something that we all want to strive for oh, right like I, that's yeah you know what you imperfect imperfect <laughs> but doing our best I, I don't think perfection is the key though it's a being able to accept right I think acceptance is the key more than perfection I would agree. And honestly, I think that's something that in my adult life, I've probably personally had the biggest, that's been a challenge of mine. I I am a, I am the ultimate perfectionist to a fault, I would say. Um, And so finding that right ground of being real and just authentic and living and recognizing, you know what, perfection, as much as we may strive for it, it's not always a healthy thing to strive for when it's done to the extreme. So it's finding that balance. And I think this is what really drew me to you. And when I was introduced to you is like, we both come from, you know, different roles, but we've both understood that, you know, I'm coming to you and I'm like, geez, Janine, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. Like you tell me, I'm just going to like, you had this, we are good. (laughs) Close my eyes and be like, (laughs) and coming from the finance side, again, I think there's a misconception of people thinking, well, you've been in banking for so long, like you should know how to do things. And yes, I do know how to do things. Life happens and you're put in situations sometimes where you're like, yeah, uh, um, I'm a work in progress right now, and this is what I need to do. This is what I, I'd like to be in that situation. Is there a way? And I think you just completely hit the nail on the head in terms yeah. of where I'm at in my professional life, and I think where you probably yeah. are as well. It's looking to the people in your life, recognizing that you're not going to be an expert in everything. Right. And looking to the people who are experts and recognizing that opportunity to learn from them and to leverage them and, yeah. and allow them to really influence in the best way possible. So, Because yeah. we are our own worst critics at times, clearly. Um, but, uh, yeah. Here. <laughs> here. Right here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but, I mean, getting on that topic and, and, you know, helping me out with putting together the mortgage and structuring in a certain way, and I did have, um, you know, I had clearly outlined, cause I, and I know, and I know from, you know, several years, and I've been in the industry now for almost 20 Um, and you know, the first seven was similar to you in retail banking. So lending, financial advisor, things of that nature. I saw the patterns of the constant and the regular clients that would come to me, especially on the lending side. And I knew like, I just didn't want to be that repeat person. Right. Um, but I also didn't want to be in a position where I feel like I was going to overextend myself from a mortgage perspective. Right. And even though the interest rates are really low right now, and that's fantastic for, Half the people, I want to say, on the spectrum. You know, we're living in an environment right now where, where it's high contrast. Yes. So you've got people that are severely feeling the impacts um, of COVID and, you know, um, pressures of earning an income and balancing the current debts that they find themselves in. Yes. And you've got the other side of the spectrum where their, their, you know, their income was not disrupted. Right. And in fact, they can use this as an opportunity to either, you know, acquire assets with low borrowing, but also maybe getting their debt under control. But I think that's both ways. So even if you are under pressure from an income perspective, you can use this to your advantage 
especially when interest rates are so low, to get your debts and the cost of borrowing under control. Agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm complete in agreement right yeah. now. And I it's funny you mentioned that and and the fact that there is sort of two segments that I think we're seeing and I, I would completely echo that. Um, and it's it's interesting. I've I've faced a lot of borrowers in, in recent memory, so the last three or four months where I would say they are not the first category where their impact their income has been significantly mm-hmm. impacted, but they're the, those individuals who, for example, are, all, are already homeowners, but they found themselves in a situation where, for countless reasons, they have acquired debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had one couple, and I would never name names, but just high level. They and, and this is probably could be echoed. A lot of people, I think, are facing this right now. Well, I think, and, and then this is what I think people often, um, because no one really off openly shares where they're at financially, right? right? They always want to put on that facade of being like, well. I'm doing great in this one thing. And you're going, yeah, but what about the other stuff? You're like, we're only talking about this one thing. (laughs) Um, We're, I mean, I think there's more commonalities than we think. And sometimes you're not, you might not be during that life event in that same boat. At some point, we're all going to face certain challenges, certain moments where we're like, I screwed up. How do I get myself out of this? But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. I think first First and foremost, you have to, um, give yourself some slack, um, and then just put your ego aside and really just go, okay, so I just need help with how do I get myself out of this or how do I get myself in control of it? Cause at the end of the day, you can have the confidence to be comfortable in any situation if you are in control of the decision-making and you're not assigning the power to someone else. And by someone else, I mean you're not assigning the power to the lenders that you have to keep going to saying, you got to bail me out again. You got to bail me out again. Yeah. You got to bail me out again. And then what I find is the trend of the lenders is because I know I've experienced this for myself. And I almost did it almost like as an experiment because I did it two ways two different debt consolidations. One, I let the guy sell me on a line of credit which ends up being the never-never plan, by the way. Mm -hmm. But they'll tell you, you know what, you don't want to commit that much of a monthly payment to paying down principal and interest. What if you have a rough month one day, uh, one month, and, you know, maybe interest only is the way to go? And I go, okay. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. Okay. Except. (laughs) And then the other debt consolidation was I went, no, I want a loan. I want an end date to this. Mm -hmm. What can we do? I would ideally want five to six years amortization because I know that's that's pretty good. And it still gives me breathing room to add to it if I need to in terms of accelerated pay down or just give me that extra flexibility to bank extra coin on the side. So if something does come up down the road, I don't have to go back into hitting a line of credit or hitting my credit card to pay for that unexpected expense. I got the extra cash to do it. Yeah. So I did it two ways. And lo and behold, the loan's gone done. <laughs> paid off that line of credit still there guys still there and here's the thing you're in good company on that um one of the biggest things that I remember someone telling me very early on in my life um because well we we've made our share of mistakes as well yeah and I don't even I shouldn't even call them mistakes they're learning experiences it's it's wrong to call them mistakes because as long as you're as you said like you just you are the perfect example in the sense that you just said I did it one way well, look at how it turned out. And I did it another way. And wow, miraculously, here I am. And yeah. that facility is gone. Yeah. 
And what I'm I, a proponent of that. I mean, at the end yes. of the day, building wealth um, not only means being able to purchase the assets and have the investment portfolio and grow it. Building wealth also means putting an end date to your debt. Yes. Because you can keep your savings account, say, at you know $10,000 for the next five years. And if you've got debt that you're now allocating money to and I'm paying it down, you're actually worth more in five years' time when you have no debt plus 10000 versus still having that debt and still having that 10000 not really have moved the needle in any direction. Yes. It's that net worth piece, right? Yes. Um, you know, when you're trying to figure out how you want your retirement to look, I often mm-hmm. will reference the fact that, yes, the income piece is incredibly important, but the net worth piece is also a really important part of the conversation, too. Yeah. Um, because it can be great to have a really fantastic retirement income, you know, and there's a lot of, a lot of careers that have a great pension or have a great, um, benefit on the other side. But the problem is, and even sometimes there, you know, defined contribution, defined benefit depends on the program that you have, depends on the pension you have. Mm -hmm. You can end up with a really great income in retirement, but if you're going into your retirement years with, for example, a really large mortgage and you don't have you know, a strategy to downsize and, and actually get mortgage free, you're probably still going to find yourself stretched. It's probably not going to be a scenario where yeah. you you can see yourself living out that, you know, 30, 40 potential years of, yeah. of good and, retirement. And I talk to clients a lot about this, especially the ones that are close to retirement. And they're the ones that are, you know, making a good income, not phasing, not phasing them at all that they've got a level of debt but also thinking they can maintain that level of lifestyle in retirement without that level of income. Right. So they, I think there's a misconception of just thinking, well, my house is worth X. And I'm like, yes, but your house isn't going to be paying you um, a part of your pension to support your lifestyle when you stop working. Yes. That's what you know, RSPs are for. That's where if you've got a you know, joint investment account or just a regular investment account, your TFSA, the, the focus is building that up. So over time the asset allocation, strategic asset allocation that I focus on with clients is how how are we positioning that, diversifying those those components and, and how how we're how we're investing it to help pay and supplement that. Because because from a from a um, planning perspective and just looking at scenarios, the pay down scenarios, you know, the the most important piece to drill down to is what is your depletion rate? And that means how much of your lifestyle needs to be um, taken from your that pool of money um, that you have invested. So what does that look like? And you need to you know focus on that. And if if you're starting out in retirement and that depletion rate is five, six, seven percent off the bat, you're gonna run out of money real quick. Yes, yeah, that's just basic math, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I and it's funny you say that. So all of the conversation just around finding that right balance between debt repayment Mm -hmm. and saving right now as we were talking about there's never been a better time to if necessary get that fresh start with interest rates i mean right now we're, we're seeing for most borrowers if you qualify with an A lender, so that is your banks, banks, your trust mm-hmm. companies, your credit unions, uh, mono line or mortgage only lenders, okay, you're going to be in a situation where you're paying almost certainly under two percent on a mortgage, and you know it, the, the interest rates vary and the types of products vary right now, um, but I mean in certain instances I'm under one and a half percent for a mortgage, um, which 
I mean, like I said, I've been in mortgages for over over a decade, and I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I would be selling mortgages um, at rates that we're seeing today. And those are fixed rates, too. There's not even variable to say (laughs) it might go up. Right. It's a fixed rate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, for five and even seven-year terms, Mm -hmm. we're well under you know, well under 2% with most borrowers these days. Yeah. And this is the key because the idea is if you're going to consolidate, if you're going to look for a refinance, there's, you know, room and there's equity in your home. Cause again, these valuations are crazy. They are. Take advantage. Don't be the repeat refinancer every year that I used right. to see when yes. I used to work at the bank because the banks love you. However, yes. they love you for the wrong reasons. Your house should never be a bank machine. <laughs> Pretty if, much. If I'm allowing a client to yeah. do that, I am doing them an absolute disservice. Yes. I should never, as a mortgage professional, be allowing my clients to... And, here, and here's the thing. This is where that advice piece comes in. I will never advise a client to continually pull equity from their property. But yeah, that's not a way to maintain a lifestyle. Correct. Right? So, so and again, um, these are the conversations I used to have even at, again, at the branch going, okay, guys, we're back here almost a year to the date, and you want another refinance. Right. So I'm going to free you up, you know, three, four, five hundred $500 of cash flow every month. We're going to go ahead and start investing that because there's no reason for you to be back here next year doing right. the same thing. Yes, exactly. And and that's the thing. That's I think there's a, what you just described. There's a difference between starting fresh. You mm-hmm. know what? We all, unfortunately, and this is not a knock at the education system as a whole, but the one thing I don't think we do a spectacular job of is, is actually added, educating our kids on money. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, I don't think enough coursework on it. There's just not enough teaching on it that we get as, as um, children and, and even adolescents yeah. and into our university or, or yeah. you know, in our academic years here in Canada. Um, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be learning about it. And so that's where I think as parents, I think I have a responsibility to my own kids. It starts to, from the home, I think. I definitely think it does. Yeah. Um, you know, t- helping our kids understand, you know, the impact of, right. our, you know, our kids get an allowance because I want them to understand the impact of, you know, oh, I've spent this money. It's now gone. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to feel that and understand that. The bank that. of mom is closed. That's right. You bet it is. Um, so I, I really, I really think, you know, that education piece is huge, but in saying that, you know, sometimes it is necessary to start fresh. Sometimes we do make mistakes or sometimes there is things that are unforeseen. I mean, this year, if nothing else has taught us that there is certain circumstances that are so beyond our control. We just, we couldn't have possibly foreseen them. If we had been talking, if we'd been having this conversation a year from a year ago, uh, and you had said to me, Janine, what do you think interest rates are going to do? And I would have said in a year from now, I probably think we're going to be around 3% on a five-year fixed rate Mm -hmm. mortgage. Here we are like a year later, you know, if we'd been talking last December versus today, And I would have said 3% today. I'm saying, oh, no, your rate is probably close to half of that. And that is literally not because of anything that I could have possibly projected, but because of what's gone on in the world right now. Um, You know, the pandemic has changed absolutely everything about what our current economy looks like, Mm -hmm. uh, what interest rates are going to look like for the foreseeable future in all likelihood, and uh, and also a lot of people's situations. So you know what? There's a lot of people right now that are in a situation where they had... And it's, it's, I was kind of touching on it. So I had one set of clients that, um, they had renovated their whole house. Basically they put funds on a line of credit and then they were going to plan to refinance the funds into the mortgage Mm -hmm. to, to bring down the interest rate. Um, they, or actually, pardon me, 
we ended up doing that. I should say we ended up doing that and it worked, but the intention had actually been to use their bonuses. I apologize. Mm. They had planned and they knew they were, they were in an industry. They both have really great solid employment and they were looking at, you know, they're historically, okay, this is approximately how much we're going to be getting Getting. from bonus Mm -hmm. uh, between our two, our two positions. Um, And that'll cover like, you know, 80 or 90% of the renovation costs and the rest, they were like, we've got a small line of credit, not a big deal. We'll have it paid off next year. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward to this year, COVID hits, neither of them got a bonus. Mm. And all of a sudden it became, you know, September rolled around, their year ends coming up. They're realizing, no, you know what? This is not going to be going anywhere fast. We don't want to have this money sitting on a line of credit at, you know, prime plus five. We can go ahead and amalgamate that into our mortgage. And yes, it wasn't the desired result, but it got them into a much more stable and much more financially, um, sustainable position and now they're as you know that line of credit versus loan conversation Mm -hmm. they're actually making headway through the mortgage paying that debt down as opposed to being in a situation where if it was sitting on a line at a much higher interest rate who knows they probably would have been paying interest only at a rate that was higher than what they would have if they had amalgamated into the mortgage and that's what we call the never never plan and banks like that because they're just keep they keep making money off you and they and when you when you hear someone say well don't worry you can just make interest only Think hard where the, yeah, and think where the advice, and yes. I put that in air quotes, is yes. coming from because if they're saying, yeah, interest only, well, that's what keeps the banks in business, right? Yeah, yeah, there you have it. Um, well, thank you, Janine. What a great conversation we had. So, we talked about interest rates, we talked about borrowing, tips about what you should be doing. Again, take advantage of the situation, even when you are in a bind. These low interest rates can really help you keep your head above water and then reposition yourself. Take some time, reposition yourself as things start improving. Really get yourself and get connected with the right advisor to build build that asset base up, build that piece up, and find a sustainable lifestyle for yourself. And that's never an easy thing. I think there's sometimes you really got to get a little deeper into understanding what your values are you know, what your beliefs are and what these realistic goals need to be and the time frame to which you want to achieve them. Yes. Um, and again, and on the other side, you guys are taking advantage of building your net worth, using those low um, interest rates to acquire assets, yeah. or again, consolidate some of those bad debts, I'm going to call them, those never-never plans, mm-hmm. and get yourself under control. Just just everyone, get in control. <laughs> I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. And you know what? The one thing I'll say too, it's it's never been a better time, both from an interest rate perspective, but yeah. also heading into another new year. 2021, hopefully, is going to have a lot of great things ahead of it. Um, and this is a kind of a great opportunity to say, you know what? Let's wipe the slate clean. Let's yeah. start fresh. Um, and then and working with someone like yourself to kind of consolidate, make sure that your yeah. situation is cleaned up to the best of your ability, free up some cash flow, hopefully, yeah. and then do the things that need. Well, you're going to free up cash save. flow for me, That's and then right. I'll just go ahead and That's invest it for you. Exactly. See, this is the team approach That's we're talking right. about. Yes. So thanks 100%. for coming out, Janine. Why don't you Pleasure. tell everyone how they can uh, how they can reach you, how they can read about you and get a hold of you? Absolutely. Um, so 
call, text, email. I very regularly tease clients, smoke signal. If you can reach me, I will do my very best. She to, does live uh, in Milton, so I think they can still see that smoke signal. <laughs> That's right. There's no high rises helps. around. That's right. These apartments are <laughs> very helpful. Um, no, what I was going to say, you know, at, at any form of communication, if you Google my name, you can find me pretty easily. I, I will thank my yeah. parents and my husband for the very unique name that I have. But uh, certainly uh, 905-299-5051 is my cell number. Uh, Call and text is great. I find that's a a really fast form of communication. Email, always great as well. It's my first name, dot last name. So janine.ewell at gmail.com. Perfect. We'll have that up Um, on the screen. Amazing. Thank you. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I'm also, I have Instagram. I'm on Facebook. DMs are are always, you know, and I I find there's so many mediums for communication these days. I do my best to to keep on top of all of them and uh, and just make sure that I'm there to, to assist my clients as necessary. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for joining on this episode of Your Wealth Conscience. Thank you, Janine, again. And if you like this show and you like the episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and share to your friends, family, and followers. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Penny.